Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. Celebrating the amazing people of coastal Mississippi and across this great state who are working hard to make this a great place to live, work, and play. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show, the show that every single morning celebrates coastal Mississippi and the people who are working so hard to make this place a great place to live, work, and play. We have a great show today. It's jam-packed. We're going to be visiting with my friend Jeff Duncan uh, from the from NOLA.com, the Times Picayune, about the latest on the Saints. And then in the second half of the show, Dr. Joe Paul from Southern Miss, from the University of Southern Mississippi to the top, my, my school, is going to be joining us to talk about this sort of really great season the USM baseball team is having, hosting the Super Regionals with Tennessee. What a fun conversation that's going to be. So without any further ado, let's shift gears and move over to my friend, uh, Jeff Duncan, and uh, first of all, I'll just say good morning. How you doing, Jeff? Morning, Ricky. Hope you had a good vacation last week, a little downtime, and good to get back into it. I did, man. I did. See, most of our listeners don't know that because we do a pre-taping of shows, and yeah, and it's like it's like I'm here. But I really enjoyed some time. We had a, the the Bahanovich family reunion down in Miramar Beach, which is our 23rd year, 24th year in a row. Just awesome time together. And uh, everybody gets together and play, play. We play games and swim and play, you know, volleyball in the pool and hang out on the on the beach and really don't do very much. But it's a great time to spend time with family. So thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, look, uh, your team's doing an amazing job. We were talking about before we started uh, the show that you know there, this has been a particularly interesting offseason, hasn't it? I mean, there's just been a lot going on. I tell you what, I will say this, Ricky, being around the team the last few weeks. Um, and like this is, I've covered the league for 25 years now. So, I mean, I'm all. Hey, guess what? Bob is back. Now at 106 point. And optimism, because it happens every year. Everybody's 0 and 0. But there is definitely some momentum, some positive energy at the Saints facility. You can feel it. I think the acquisition of Derek Carr was really the pro- propellant there. I mean, everyone's bought into him. You can sense that he's starting to take control. Uh, stepping into the, you know, the role of being the face of the organization that that a starting quarterback uh, has to do. And it just feels like everything's feeding off that. And uh, so there's a lot of positive energy out there. And it's a really a lot of a lot of good vibes. Well, I mean, Derek Carr, I mean, you guys keep covering it from every angle. But I thought the story that Rod Walker had about the you know, it's it literally as soon as he signed on the dotted line, he started doing his homework, and he sent Eric McCoy, the center, uh, a text about an observation he made about about how fast Eric Eric McCoy got down the field on a on a touchdown for uh, for for um um who oh what run uh anyway oh, Camara yeah Camara of course of course it was Camara yes thank you. But I just completely drew a blank. But it was from it was from a 2020 film study that he did that that Derek McCoy, I mean that, that excuse me that Derek uh, Carr did, and he said he kept seeing he could have sent him 18 tags because he kept seeing incredible work and how Eric McCoy 
responded to that by saying, God, this guy's out there already doing his homework on the team and looking at that film from 2020. It's incredible to see that kind of homework already. Yeah, I, it's a really good point, and I think it demonstrates just the, kind of the level of work ethic and uh, attention to detail that Derek Carr takes into his job. Uh, it's similar in some ways to what we saw from Drew Brees. It's a very positive sign, in my opinion. Now, look, he's a new new guy coming into a new environment. He, had, he played in one place for nine seasons, so it makes a lot of sense that he's going to be doing his homework. But it's not just that. I mean, I've talked to people in the building where, you know, he does very similar to Drew Brees in that he takes that same approach to every aspect of his job, media relations, you know, community relations, all these things that people don't see behind closed doors. He's very diligent. And those are very, I think those are quality traits that could translate into success on the field. Now, he's got to do it in the games, but I don't think there's any doubt right now that he is already gained the respect of his teammates and coaches by the way he's carried himself, the little things like you're talking about with Eric McCoy, how he's been in contact with Michael Thomas the whole time in the offseason. Those are quality quality indicators that uh, things are coming together out there. Well, what was interesting, uh, again, from that same column that Rod Walker wrote, um, Eric McCoy talked about how impressed he is at Derek Carr's ability to command you know the the you know the the situation. You know yeah. to read the defense, to have command of the of the um, um, uh, you know the the huddle. You know his ability to get them in the right alignment. Uh, you know which has actually freed Eric McCoy up some. So you know all those pieces. I mean he's going to be the field general completely yeah. now, isn't he? And that's really what they are most excited about, Ricky. I mean the Saints' offense, and we've talked about it a lot on the show under Drew Brees. You had the master at that. I mean, the absolute master. And uh, it really dropped off when he left. And that's an area of the offense that people don't see. The the field generalship you talk about, the command of the offense, getting in and out of the right play at the line of scrimmage before the snap. I mean, most plays have two options when they're called in the huddle. And you can change, the quarterback can change it at the line. And Drew Brees did that all the time. And it, it wasn't a strength of Jameis Winston's, and sometimes it led to a lot of negative plays. And I think I think avoiding the negative plays is as important as the, making the big plays, but everybody just sees the big plays. They don't see the adjustment at the line of scrimmage that got you out of the negative play. That's, that's behind closed doors up in somebody's brain. And so those are the type of things when you talk to the Saints coaches, they're excited about with Derek Carr. It's not the the long passability it's it's these kind of things yeah they they also you know a big buzz about his accuracy you obviously you want to see that you knew that when when he came in but they're seeing it now and uh, man it's just it's good to see that kind of leadership and i think it's going to translate you 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 gave us one more on quarterback we'll go ahead and mention the Jake Hayner column that you wrote you gave us a little bit of an insight into that last week when you we talked about how his Football IQ is, you know, is at elite level based on the testing that's been done. But, uh, but I mean, he continues to impress, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I talked to him again this week. He had a good day of practice on Tuesday. Uh, and, and, look, you know, he, he knows where he's at. He's a rookie, fourth-round draft pick. You know, he's third string. But there's a lot of positive traits that he has and a lot of reasons to believe. I've always been a believer, Ricky, and at the college level – 
if you elevate your team's play the way Drew Brees did at Purdue, uh, the way uh, Hainer did at Fresno State, say like a Cam Newton at Auburn, uh, you know, the, the, the organization gets better because of, of that leadership at the quarterback position. That's always a quality sign to me. And what he did, how he won at that level at Fresno, I don't think it's by accident. Uh, so there's a lot of things to like about him. And you mentioned the S2 cognition test and that story. I mean, that that's just interesting stuff. And it shows you the Saints and LSU to some degree. Um, you know, that, that, that shows how thorough they are in trying to gain a competitive edge on the competition. I mean, they're on the front lines of that. And look, the guy that, the guy that, that invented it, Brandon Alley, you know, was born and raised in Louisiana, but has got his master's at Southern Miss. You know, his, his dad was at Southern Miss and the faculty there. So a lot of connections to this area to that test. It's pretty interesting. Well, what's interesting, again, from your column, uh, Jake Hayner, among the quarterbacks in this draft class, uh, had the second highest score. Bryce Young having the highest score. That's actually kind of scary to think about. Bryce Young, he, 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 you can see that, again, small guy, the way he's overcoming his smallness is in being smart as hell about the way he approaches the game. It's, that, yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. Huh? Jeff Ireland said it best, right? He said they don't look like they're six foot when you watch them on tape. That's the way Drew Brees – how many times did you watch Drew Brees and go, man, he's short? Nobody <laughs> was thinking that. I mean, you're, you're thinking how great he's playing. And uh, I think that uh, Drew Brees opened up a door for quarterbacks like Bryce Young, Kyler Murray, you know, Russell Wilson, and Jay Kaner to play in the NFL because of their, uh, you know, elite cognitive ability and uh, the stuff they do before the snap to know where to, where to go with the ball. But look, you know, the guys at the S2 cognition test made a great point. You still got to be able to play. You know, it's not the end-all, be-all. Uh, you know, I bet if Sean Payton took the S2 test – he would score extremely high because of his offensive mind and his ability, but you still got to have the physical ability to make the play. So that's going to be the challenge for Jay Kaner. He's not very big. And even by say Drew Brees standards, his arm strength's not that great. You can see the difference in practice between him and Derek Carr and Jameis Winston. So he's got a lot of hurdles physically to overcome, but the intangible traits are off the charts. Everyone loves a, a uh, underdog story. And I thought the way you, you uh, first of all, your column is terrific. And I would really encourage people to go to NOLA.com slash saints and read Jeff's column about Jake Hayner. But, it, you know, this this underdog mentality that has always been part of his psyche, even when he was in college. And I love the way you said that he didn't even get to pick his own number. You know, number 14 was picked by the, you know, the, the yeah. trainers or staff or whatever. I just love the way you said that, which which really, really showed how relegated he is as a, as a third right. string quarterback and with a long way to go. But still, you know, it's interesting watching a story like this. It really is. It, there's no doubt. Hey, listen, when we come back on the other side, we'll continue our conversation with Jeff Duncan. We'll see you after this. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of The Ricky Matthews Show on your laptop, desktop, or your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. His passion and love for coastal Mississippi is why he's here. This is The Ricky Matthews Show on Supertalk 103.1. 
Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. I have my friend Jeff Duncan uh, joining us. In the next segment, I'll be joined by Dr. Joe Paul from Southern Miss, and we'll talk about the Super Regional. So it's a jam-packed day. Uh, hey, so look, uh, Michael Thomas is, uh, you know, they say he's going to be full speed by training camp. He's been there taking, you know, taking, you know, been there on, involved in the uh, in the practices, uh, not f- obviously not full speed, but, you know, developing some uh, some rapport with the quarterbacks and all of that. You know, he's got a, his issue has always been he's going to go out there and do his own thing. I don't know if jerk's the right word. Maybe you can you can define that better. Generally, people may not be aware that he can be difficult, uh, a difficult teammate. But it seems from what I'm reading that he's really trying to sort of get past all that and move into sort of a, a new era and that he wants to be where he was before. What's your read on kind of where we are with him? Well, I mean, look, it's a good sign he's there, first of all. I mean, he didn't he wasn't there the first couple of weeks, and uh, he got called out by Bobby Hebert locally, you know, and uh, I don't think it was coincidence that he showed up after getting criticized. But, look, it's important to have him be integrated into the team concept. I mean, uh, Michael Thomas is a complicated person. I think that's the best way to put it. He, he, he likes – he's highly competitive and a very private guy and likes to do things his way. And so integrating an individual who has, you know, very, um, um, you know, I guess best way to put it is he, he likes he likes his own trainer, his own weightlifting program, his own medical people, whereas you have a team. And, and so if everybody on the team were like that, it'd be hard to run an organization. And you know this having run organizations. You know, there's a there's a me and there's a we, and you got to try and work that together. That's the challenge of coaching and dealing with Mike Thomas. Uh, but, you know, a guy like him is so talented, uh, you know, it's worth dealing with it when when he's producing, when things are going well, when when he's injured and off the field and not producing, it's a little, it's a little uh, more difficult to tolerate some of the stuff. So I think that's where we're at right now. It's a big year for him. Uh, he's on a one-year contract. He's been hurt for three years. So he knows it. Uh, he knows that if he produces this year, it could lead to a, a nice payday down the road. So I would expect him to be on his best behavior and to be the way he was this week uh, coming in and talking to us. Well, it's really good to see. The other interesting thing is, uh, I mean, this is true of the NFL in general. They're going to create competitive situations. But the kicker they brought in, I think for Notre Dame, if I'm remembering where he came from properly, um, hit a 59-yard field goal. He's been not missing. Um, That seems to actually be a real competition. That's what I took away from it. And I don't think that was by accident, Ricky, that Dennis Allen – uh, when asked about, uh, you know, Nathan Grupke, he said, hey, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to this competition in the fall. That's not by accident. Trust me. When you say something like that, you're trying to light a fire under Will Lutz, who had his worst season a year ago. So there's no there's no doubt that they brought uh, in competition because they're concerned about Will Lutz. I mean, he didn't come back from his, uh, you know, he missed that season after that kind of core muscle injury uh, that cost him a year, uh, 2021 season, and he was he was his kickoffs weren't as deep, his accuracy wasn't as good, so there's concern there, and so I think it makes sense organizationally to try and have some type of competition, 
because that's a critical position, especially on a team like the Saints, Ricky, that is going to play a lot of close games. You know, we know they're defensive-minded. They play conservatively on offense a lot of times. We've talked about that in the past. That's the way Dennis Allen wants to win games. And so you need to have a good kicking game. And Will Lutz hurt them at times last year with his, with his inaccuracy. So uh, it's good to see them addressing that. I mean, look, we know we have to have, you know, you, we get spoiled because these guys, they have their moments where they never miss. And then certainly, and then they have these moments when you, you, you're, you're waiting with bated breath for them to miss their next field goal or their next extra point, even, you know, which you're not extra points. You expect those to all be made in the, in the NFL, but uh, you know, maybe that maybe they could be end up end up being changed here. Speaking of the kicking game, you and I haven't talked about this, but the new fair catch rule. What's your take on that? Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I don't I, either. I understand why they're doing it. I, I understand it, but um, you know, I, I think while we're seeing a lot of criticism of it, frankly, this is my opinion: is special teams coaches are worried about their you know future future job prospects. I mean, it feels like the special teams element of the game is being phased out because of health and safety, you know, concerns. Uh, you know, and look, I'm writing a book with Steve Gleason. We've talked about it. I mean, Steve made his living on special teams, and he made his living, uh, you know, in these high-speed collisions. He was one of the best at it, but, you know, it's dangerous. And he talks in our book about how the, the speed and ferocity of an NFL kickoff or punt would just blow people's minds. He was, he was scared that he was going to suffer – you know, a career-threatening, maybe life-threatening injury on every kickoff, he, t- he says. Wow. That's how scary it is. So I understand where the league's coming from on, on some of this stuff. Well, you've seen in social media, kick return specialists have really been very upset about this because, they, I mean, their careers, other, you know, if you go back in time, some guys literally made the team just based on this. And they're they're concerned about it. Hey, by the way, interesting. You'll you'll. I thought you'd get a kick out of this or, or find it interesting. While I was in New Orleans, I was given a gift, and it was um, um, a painting, and uh, it was of, of Steve Gleason blocking the kick. And I had it. I had it kind of stored away, and I gave it to my son, who put it in his office. And he just moved. He's an, he's a lawyer, and just moved to a new office. And we, I went over there a couple of nights ago to help him hang some photos. And he had this kind of over to the side. And I picked it up, and is that that painting of Steve Gleason, you know, kick, you know, uh, blocking the kick? But it's signed by Steve Gleason, Drew Brees, and Sean Payton, and the artist. And I thought. You know, I just, it's just more top of mind now that you're writing Steve Gleason's book. I said, Jordan, you realize what this is? This is, this is very, very special. I mean, I would, don't let this get relegated. And if it does, man, just give it back to me and let me put it away somewhere because it's worth something. But yeah. uh, that's special though, isn't it? Yeah. And I tell you, you know, it might be the one I, if I'm thinking of the, the painting, uh, it might be the one that's a depiction of, of uh, Michael Demacher's famous photo, which was, you know, the, the iconic photo of the block punt, which is now what they base the statue outside, the rebirth statue outside 
the Superdome on. So yeah, uh, it goes back to our our days at the Picayune together with with that incredible photo staff we had. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. There is literally no doubt about it. So uh, you know, there's a lot of takeaways. Uh, I, th- I thought again, you guys are capturing all these little elements, like Elante Taylor taking the number one, and, you know, and thinking about his legacy. I mean, there's all these sub stories. But what's 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 on your mind, and what's what do you think about when you think about what we're learning about the Saints? Well, I'll give you a teaser from my column this weekend. I'm doing something on takeaways and turnovers and the lack thereof. I don't think people realize, I mean, uh, if you're looking for a reason for optimism, it's that the Saints are coming off a year where they had the lowest number of takeaways in the history of the franchise, Ricky. I mean, 14 was all they managed turnovers to produce. Uh, That's not going to happen again. Just statistically, uh, it's almost impossible. Uh, This team's normally up in the 20s mid-20s, low-20s, for them to only get 14, I mean, the ball's going to bounce their way a little bit better this year. I mean, a lot of that is just bad luck, but it is a point of emphasis this offseason for new defensive coordinator Joe Woods. They've got to produce more turnover, more interceptions, more fumble recoveries. We know that leads to easier opportunities for the offense, and it's something that I think is a reason for encouragement because I just think last year was kind of an anomaly. So we have uh, two court cases out there dangling. You got Marcus May, got a new court court date uh, for his DUI case that's been set, and then of course Alvin Kamara is still hanging out there. Anything about either one of those you want to mention? No, I just think both of them are very serious, and I think both of them are going to end up missing games. And I think the Saints are well. I don't think that the Saints are well aware of that, and that's why some of these moves this offseason season at running back and at safety were made as contingency plans for both those guys to not be there. I think the the Alvin Kamara case is very serious. We've talked about it. Uh, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows what's going to happen, but I think it's very likely that he's going to miss a minimum of six games and probably more than that. And the Saints are prepared for that with Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller, the rookie out of TCU, uh, in case that is the case. And I, I think the Saints are going into the season expecting that. We'll hear from Alvin Kamara, we should, next week. It'll be at mini camp. It's voluntary. I mean, it's uh, it's mandatory. Mandatory, right? So he'll be there, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if he does talk to the media. I think he's required by the NFL to. So we might be our first opportunity to hear from him as that case looms. Anything new on our Swiss Army knife? <laughs> no, I mean we'll get to see him for the first time next week too. I mean he hasn't yeah. been there. A lot of the veteran guys like that that either have different medical issues they're dealing with. Or just, you know, the long and the two that don't need to be here. Uh, we'll see them for the first time, especially along the offensive line. So it should be good yeah. to see everybody there next week. Well, as usual, Jeff, thank you so much for spending time with us. We really appreciate it. Jeff Duncan for NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. You should sign up for the Saints newsletter if you haven't gotten it to, to get a sense of uh, how much deeper their coverage goes than what we're able to actually cover on this show. Hey, when we come back, Dr. Joe Paul, my friend, the president of Southern Miss, we're going to talk about the Super Regionals. We'll see you after this. Subscribe for free to the Ricky Matthews Show podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.